Welcome to the Feng Shui Mastery Show with your host, me, Kathy Hargren. Now, I have a fantastic guest today, and she's come along to share some of her experiences um, of something that I get more and more feedback from um, with a lot of my students or people who are interested in this subject, and that is the preamble to implementing any feng shui is really letting go of what you've already acquired. So, for example, people are very interested in, oh, where do they put this, where do they put that in the approach to feng shui. However, they don't realize that what they've got around them already is almost like an internal prison, which is why I've got this slide in front of us. It's a we often feel imprisoned and we've got a special guest here today and she's going to tell us all about her experience in this particular process. Um, hi there Una. Hi Cathy, how are you? Fine, thank you very much. Thanks for coming along today because um, it's one thing for me to teach this kind of material but mm -hmm. I have so many um, feedback, so much feedback from a variety of people right across the world who tell me about their experiences and I just thought well it'd be nice to take that through just with yourself and yeah. um, discover what that process means to people on all different levels whether it's spiritually, emotionally, physically. Um, it, it just hits people at so many different levels. What's your comment on that? Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, when you have a house full of clutter like I did, um, I my decluttering was actually not my own clutter, but belonged to a relative of mine who for over 60 years of living at the same property had accumulated not only icons of Irish history, but everything else as well. So certainly I did feel imprisoned in that house because it was just all coming in on top of me. And I actually felt more at ease when I was out of the house rather than in the house. So Clearly, I needed to do something pretty yeah, drastic. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's right, because um, a lot of people that I've been on visits, uh, one particular uh, um, older couple in southern England, um, yeah. I found them in, in deck chairs one day when I went to see them, and I asked them, why are you sitting out here in deck chairs? I mean, it was a sunny day, <laughs> but they actually said, there's nowhere for us to sit down inside. We've, we've accumulated 60, 70 years worth of stuff in the house. Yes. And they were saying, well, one day we're going to get round to it. But you knew that one day was never going to happen. Yeah. Um, but, you know, people have um, almost bordering on psychological problems with, and it doesn't have to be hoarding necessarily. It can just, it can just be how clutter impedes people's flow, whether it's thinking, whether it's moving. Um, and how has that been showing up in your life, for example? Uh, certainly, um, you know, I can understand the, the relationship between the clutter in my, in my environment and the clutter in my head, particularly. You know, certainly when I went through the decluttering process, you feel like there's this big weight lifted off your mind and you can think more clearly. You know, you really feel lighter in yourself. So it certainly do, did translate for me, at least, that once I had decluttered in, in the surroundings around me, the decluttering also happened in my head and now I feel so much better and I'm much more motivated now and driven to do things. Yeah. Let's just go on to one of these uh, pictures here where, you know, just surrounded by like lots of archaic items that don't really um, synchronise at all with each other. Like there's a bot, uh, so there's some paint next to a TV and yeah. and what, what, what does that kind of show up for you in terms of a mindset? 
Yeah, um, similar, I suppose, disorganization and, you know, just the same as your slide shows that, or the picture that, you know, there's a disconnect with the things in the house. There's also a disconnect with what's going on in your brain and you're, you're thinking about 101 different things and, and so it's much harder to focus on one thing and get, um, you know, to achieve something on that one thing. Instead, you feel your mind has been pulled from one to another to another. Yeah. So certainly there's a lot of disarray there as well. Yeah. I mean, here's um, some boxes that, um, just to demonstrate, this was a, of an, another client. And you won't believe it, but these boxes, they, they started off in Manchester. And eight years later, the stuff is still in the same boxes, but now they're in the south of England. So basically, can can you see how people transport their life around literally in boxes definitely yeah and for me because the clutter that I was dealing with wasn't my own clutter um, it's sometimes even worse because you don't know what's valuable what should be thrown out but in this case everything had to go for me so uh, most of what was there had no meaning to anybody else's life so I could get rid of it yeah however if it's your own clutter you do have a tendency to hold on to it because you think, oh, yeah, I might use that someday or, oh, I spent a lot on that, so therefore it must be valuable, so therefore I'm going to keep it. So it does, yeah, I can see how people accumulate yeah. easily. Yeah, but that's an interesting distinction you've made there because um, I know that I've been in many, many houses and where people have passed on, when the people come next and they see all this clutter, they mm -hmm. just, they just, put it in a dump so it really does beg the question about that whole thing of keep your own house in order I mean it brings a different meaning to it in certain terms of you know make sure that you know you have your own house in order because when someone else a stranger comes along they mm. don't have the same kind of emotional connection and therefore they don't um, you know even if you do have items that are emotionally connected to you you have a choice as to where they go so for my own example is uh, my my mum was a very creative lady and we used to m design leather work and, and make leather belts and slides now when she passed on um, you know I had the ability to say well I want these uh, these creative tools to go to a creative environment like a, a children's play center or something like that so mm -hmm. I was taking proaction by using what could easily have meant nothing to a stranger just thrown away in a bin and yeah. I was actually taking them and getting them to be used somewhere else and so it, it is just come back down to personal responsibility as well doesn't it yeah because I, I would have done something similar like that my aunt's uh, valuables or for want of a better word or, or possessions you know like that they might mean something to somebody of like-mindedness so because of her age, I brought it to the local charity shop as well. And I'm sure it did give, you know, joy or, you know, um, some satisfaction to other people who are buying this stuff rather than, as you said, throwing it into the dump. Yeah. And just re um, realigning this conversation that it's not just about elderly people, though, because a lot of people, especially um, the younger generations, are, are exposed to massive consumerism. True. Um and so basically they they also they they we've all been caught up in this acquisition culture um i know myself i've been to many different cultures around the world and um for example the maoris or the aborigines or the the first nations in canada 
and and you look the the western mind is trained to look for things either things to buy or things to look at and when you turn up in these environments and there's nothing to focus the mind on because there's no there's there's nothing there you know yep. you think oh the oh yeah is that sad isn't it they haven't got anything but actually a lot of those cultures have chosen not to acquire anything because they don't want anything you know yes. and yet i wonder if this is a statement about um the more materialistic western style of of living that to have things is more of a status symbol what do you think yeah i think you're you're probably right and certainly the younger generation are much more consumer conscious i suppose than we are and they i think as well a lot of the thing is the cost of things have gone down and so they purchase a lot more they have a lot more purchasing power at least so certainly their ability to clutter and to accumulate is mm. much greater than our generation i would think but having said that you know i found with the older generation because they've come through wars mm -hmm. that you know they did hold on to things because they knew what it was like not to have anything so um it seems like your aunt here has you know saved an awful lot of items um and I, you see that in 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 like people of 70 upwards really i mean i go into households of 90 year old ladies um and men that they've they that they've had a culture of wanting to hang on to things only because they knew what it was like not to have anything yeah so yeah. they are the opposite pol polarization of the consumer world where you know um easy to attain but difficult yeah. to get to get rid of yeah mm -hmm. um so here we have more boxes here as i said these boxes uh originated in manchester and now they're the same boxes are in the south of england and they've traveled all that way and you know the person um who owned these particular boxes um he didn't he didn't mind me taking the photographs but he wasn't really aware that that he was carrying his life around in a box mm. um and you know his family's life around in a box and you know we've heard that song haven't we living living life in a cardboard box i wonder if we all live our lives in boxes where we are our lives are being directed by the very things that are in and around us immediately um so basically what i wanted to ask yourself was as you started to clear away the closer how did that start to affect your mind yeah well it does affect you um mentally physically and emotionally and initially I just didn't know where to get started but thanks to you Cathy I liked the graded way that you suggested starting with the easiest room to tackle and taking things up to the front door so that each time you're leaving there is always something to take out with you and then as the stuff started to leave the premises I realized how lighter I became and I began to feel and certainly mentally I felt there was a lot of clearance in my head as well because you're not distracted by all of this clutter around you any longer so it was fantastic for me. I really benefited from it. Yeah. And can you just say something about, I know you're starting your own business mm -hmm. um, and how that business was maybe staggering, stuttering a little bit pre-COVID pre, pre 
clearing the clutter. I know it's, it wasn't your house, but you were having to deal with all that. Yes. Um, and then afterwards, how the flow of ideas and the clarity, you, you, you mentioned something like that before. That's true, actually. I um, Yes, I am starting my own business. And initially, I don't know, does it affect everybody? But initially, I was thinking, oh, God, I had so much to do. And so there's so much going on. I, I was very... Um, I didn't know where to go next or what to do next or what to be done ahead of this or that. But when I went through the decluttering process that you had taught me and I cleared out all my surroundings, it was amazing because I got great clarity of mind. And now I'm much more motivated and I have my list and I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm a lot more driven now as a result of that. So it's fantastic. My my business has taken off now and um, I've, I've a lot more clarity of mind to be able to deal with it now. So it's brilliant. Yeah, that's really good to hear. I mean, we're just looking at this other slide where there's just loads and loads of items just thrown onto a bed. Um, and I'm not saying everybody lives in this particular degree of a chaos, but, you know, we've got this great big square box in the centre here of this slide, and it is the TV, and you can you can tell how so many people's lives are, are, be, are rotating around this square box. Yes. Um, and... You know, uh, I I know lots of people increasingly don't have a TV anymore. Um, they've let go of it. I mean, the computer has replaced it to some extent. But what I want to get across also with the clutter clearing is what do we have on our walls that are actually, you know, subliminally affecting us? And people have pictures up there for years and years, and then they wonder why they feel a certain way. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've got just another picture here. Um, a slide the same items but you know when you've got mirrors duplicating that chaos mm -hmm. then you can imagine that the magnification of that chaos becomes even greater um, did you want to say a little bit about you know some of the pictures that maybe you found um, on the walls yeah as I said initially they were difficult to get rid of per se and even even to say that is hard because you do know they're of sentimental value to the previous person, you know, and yeah. being a relative, you do have a certain attachment to her. So I did feel a bit bad initially taking the stuff down. But having said that, now that I've replaced it with much brighter and lighter pictures and, you know, they're, they're not just of, say, people, but they're scenes and they're um, pleasant scenes and country scenes and things that bring a Na lot more nature. Calm, yeah. yeah, a lot more calm into my life that I can see how certainly on an emotional level, I feel a lot more balanced and calm and um, not distracted near yeah. as much as I had been. Yeah, that's great. That. That's really good to hear. And we can see now these slides were the front entrance, which is so important when, you know, it's almost like when, you know, you're going into anywhere, the front entrance is very, very important. And I know that this picture, when I saw this entrance, there, there were so many magazines um, Women's Weekly and and um, other very old magazines that the your auntie had had. Um, yes. They were all clogging up this this seat on the area. There was loads of tins from the old Jacobs years. That's and right. um, look at it now; it looks just so much more. You know, you can breathe. It feels like you can breathe. Yes, absolutely. Because you know, initially. Um, you know, you wonder, will you ever get to clear the place and, and what? And it seems very overpowering. But once you get into a system like you taught me, you actually can create a rhythm whereby it's easier to let go of things then 
but I do realize that you can get attached to things emotionally if there are, you know, your own personal items. But in this case for me, because they weren't my own, it was a little bit easier. Yeah. However, it was just the volume and the the amount of it, especially because it was a full house. I was clearing not just one room. Um, it was overpowering initially. But as I said, once I got into that system that you gave me, um, it was great to get into the rhythm. And I, I actually really enjoyed then the clearing and you get great satisfaction when you've got one room cleared and then you move on to the next one and you can see the progress being made. Yeah. And also, you know, when you were doing that, the process of it, what kind of energy did you kind of pick up? I mean, was it slow or spiraling down or was it, you know, what yes. kind of energy did you feel? Um, initially, yes, it was, um, I suppose, a dark type of energy because my aunt has passed away. So, you know, it had a lot of uh, emotional attachment from that perspective. Sure. However, you know, when you clear the room or a particular room before you move on to the next one and you, you see, you know, all the positives then in the room because it's much lighter and brighter, you know, it does lift the mood in you and you do feel, well, even if your aunt was still there, she'd be delighted because it was, it, there were things that she'd wanted to clear forever and she just never got around to it. So she would have been equally happy to see the clearance as I was. That's interesting you say that. What do you think stops people, you know, how, why do people become imprisoned with, with what's around them, do you think? Uh, it's difficult to say. I suppose we prioritise um, differently and uh, a lot of the time we can put things on the long finger or procrastinate, said, oh yeah, I must get around to doing that or clearing that or getting rid of that. But for whatever reason, I'm not sure, mm. uh, we don't actually do it. Mm. You know, as I said, we prioritise and we decide, oh no, we we need to do this instead of that and I'll yeah. do that tomorrow and I'll do that tomorrow but tomorrow never comes. That's right, yeah. Tomorrow is now, isn't it? And the thing is that I know a lot of people who are entrepreneurs and business people and they really struggle with going forward or or the blockages that they find they that they think are outside of them because the other aspect of all this clutter is that it's not exact. It's yes, we can physically, visibly see the, mm -hmm. the blockages but it's only a demonstration or a reflection of the blockages within the person, would you say? Yes. Yeah. And I like now, I feel like there's space to breathe and to live. I have much more of an horizon in which I can see the future. And all around me just feels, I feel elevated and spacious. And now I feel like I have a blank canvas in which I can make a different statement. So it's kind of like a, a, a new beginning for me. Yep. It's... And, and, and just looking at this space here, I mean, you know, when I first saw it, you couldn't see outside, you know, the windows, you couldn't, you know, it was a very dark. And this is the other thing is that people forget to let the light in, the natural light into their homes. And yes. then they don't have a relationship with nature. Most people, I um, mean, in this case, this was uh, out in the countryside, but a lot of people don't have nature around them because they live in inner cities. So they're cut off from the, the one thing that actually can be um, inspiring and life-giving. Um, and the other here, we see this big mirror on this dressing table. I mean, you know, it's kind of an old-fashioned item of furniture, but wherever you see mirrors, the mirrors are duplicating what they're reflecting. So in this case, this mirror was duplicating all the chaos and the confusion and clutter that was around it. And now it's more free and uplifting. And... Um, it just creates space. It's like that old saying, isn't it? I don't know if you've heard the story from Zen. You know, mm -hmm. Zen 
Buddhism where the student says to the Zen master, oh, can you teach me things? And, and the Zen master says, well, he says, your cup is overflowing. How can you learn anything new? Because there's no space within you. So that's why I always refer to this whole process as also quite spiritual because, you know, people want new things to come into their life but mm. how can those new things whether it's money or relationships how can those new things come into their life if they've got no space within their own homes or within their within their own internal self there's no space to yes. actually does that make sense to yourself it definitely does yes and even in terms of my business there wasn't any space to move and to progress whereas now that i've decluttered both my house and my brain as a result um, a lot more things are happening now and opportunities came in that never presented themselves before. So certainly even on a, as well as an emotional level feeling like you have a lot more space in your head and um, easier to breathe business-wise is similar. Do you think though that, you know, it wasn't that the opportunities weren't there but they were hidden by all the clutter? Definitely. Maybe yeah. the opportunities were always there, but now you're looking at it from a different perspective. Yeah, because I asked that myself the same question. How is it that that didn't happen before? It could have happened. It's just the timing, for some reason, it didn't. And I was thinking to myself afterwards, it's probably because I wasn't ready for it, because there was so much clutter going on in my head. Yeah. That maybe had it come at an earlier stage, I wouldn't have recognized it. Yeah, true. That's right, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, here's some of the... I, all the kind of different things that are going on in people's minds often people say oh i must go to the auction and sell all that stuff in the garage or do a swap and because they these are all delay tactics because that yeah. as you said that one day never happens yes um you know if if they haven't used it do you you know you, the question you have to ask is do you really need it and there's always that one day i will need it but you know by then a lot a, a lot of things are changing fast in terms of you know you don't need those things anymore. Um, people clutter their their homes in with draw in the drawers and sheds. The more the more spaces they have to hide things, the more they will actually fill them. And yes. you know, w without actually consciously um, referring to those places that are cluttered, I think subconsciously and subliminally, people know that all that stuff, just stuff, is there. And they don't actually want to look at it. Um, I myself cleared a house where my my own family grew up, um, forty four years, and you know, it was the hardest one of the hardest jobs I've ever done is letting go of all the memories associated with with even with furniture. When the man was coming to take the furniture and I was get, getting rid of it, I started crying, and it was because of what it represented. Yes, yeah, we do have an emotional attachment to some. Yeah, things especially I found that with my aunt's house because obviously she was dear to me and uh, we had a lot of memories together and that it, and it's difficult to, to do it on behalf of somebody else but as I said earlier I do feel that she herself would have been delighted because she had planned on doing it for so long and never actually got around to it that yeah. me doing it was almost doing it for her yeah just was doing it to her house that's right. The thing is that I think people do need assistance at times, but I still uh, of of the of the thinking that people have to do do it, let go of the stuff because if they don't let go of the stuff themselves, mm -hmm. then you know you know um, then 
they don't go through that process of what it's like to let go and create the space inside for new things to come in. So people sometimes, like, they want me to do the feng shui for them. I can do consultation, but I can't actually physically change it for them because in the act of changing those things, the, the, the energy is changing within themselves. That's true. Yes, I can relate to that. Yeah. Also, you do have a great feeling of satisfaction when you've made the changes as well because it's, it's you that's made them, and so it's personal to you. And that's why I think it has so much of a an effect on your, um, you know, on you emotionally and on a, a spiritual level even. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And this is ultimately the kind of feeling people want to actually um, be around, and that is a harmonious space, a place of tranquility. You know, you said before that sometimes you didn't want to return to the property because it was so cluttered. Yeah, and that you prefer to, to be outside? I used to even go for a coffee to a local cafe just because, oh, I just couldn't face going back to the house. But now it's quite the opposite. Now I invite people in for a coffee rather than going out. That's so right. Yeah. It's much more, much more livable and much more pleasant. And it's a great place to bring people now. Yeah. And the thing is that the importance of, of, of feeling like this, harmonious and tranquil, is that when you have that in your surroundings, then it allows people to feel that inside. Because ultimately, this is all about internal feng shui. This is all about... You know, how people want to feel about themselves and about others and their life internally. So the reason why I talk about feng shui on the outside is because it's easier to actually point the finger on things on the outside. But ultimately, all roads lead back to the internal architecture, the many rooms and hidden attics and lofts within all of us that some of us don't ever open those doors ever in a whole lifetime. Um, mm. And that's why that's where repression obviously um comes in really but ultimately people are looking for peace of mind and tranquility and when they let go of all of the the the, the the stuff the sheer stuff that they have um within their own external environment then they they're able to get a little bit of nirvana shall we say internally is that what you discovered for yourself yes yeah, certainly i can relate to that kathy that's for sure so is there anything that you would impart to the listeners about your own process and, um, and what you feel is very important on this journey of letting go? Uh, well, I would think probably start, start small, first of all, because at least when you do that, it's achievable. Um, decide on one area at, at a time. And like you had taught me, Cathy, um, essentially to start small, um, pick a small area, work on that and achieve what you want to in that area and then move on to the bigger stuff. And slowly but surely, as you see the clearing happening, you really feel lighter and you can think more clearly and it gets a complete weight off your mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think when you break it down into small little chunks, it's more achievable, as you say, as opposed to just going in and being totally, you know, um, overwhelmed by the enormity of what appears to be an impossible job yes definitely um because initially when you start the job you kind of feel a bit overwhelmed but uh when you start to see a little bit of progress around you certainly it kind of gives you the drive then to continue well i'd just like to thank you Una, for sharing all your um, insights and your um optimism and 
fantastic results that you've got yourself because I know that your business is now going from strength to strength and I'm sure that the clearance of um, the acquisition of, of, of your auntie's goods and now you're living in that space yourself um, I think that um, that certainly had had a, contrib a contribution to make to now having a more clearer focus on where you're going in your own business well, thanks to you, Cathy, because without your assistance and giving me the system to uh, do that decluttering, um, I don't know whether I'd actually ever have got around to it. So thank you for giving me the drive to get there and also the impact it has had on my business too. Yeah, brilliant. I, I, I like to hear all these success stories. And for those people listening, if they want to discover a little bit more about how to do this for themselves and get some more success in their business and or other aspects of their life, um, you can just sign up for the um, free webinar where I actually talk about the five steps to creating wealth. And I'm not just talking about wealth in terms of money, but wealth in terms of better quality of life. So thank you for listening, folks, and see you on the next um, channel. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> well done, Cathy. Hang on. I'm just going to get the um, Skype call for um, turn off the Skype. Can we record it? That's it. <laughs>